0: This episode is sponsored by Cytiva. Cytiva, now with the life sciences business from Paul, is a global provider of the technologies, services, and expertise that researchers and biopharma companies need to bring transformative medicines from discovery to delivery. Learn more at Cytiva.com. That's C Y T I V A.com. Ayla Ellison, and you're listening to The Top Line, brought to you by Fierce Pharma and Fierce Biotech. Welcome to the first episode of The Top Line in 2024. We're starting off the year by diving into a comprehensive review of drug approvals from the previous year. At Fierce, The arrival of a new year is synonymous with the release of our annual special report on drug approvals. The meticulous work on this report begins weeks before publication, ensuring that, by the time this segment was recorded in December, we had accounted for all drug approvals throughout the year. In 2023, we witnessed a significant surge in the number of approvals, notably the year marked a pivotal moment with the approval of key treatments for Alzheimer's disease, sickle cell disease, and the introduction of RSV vaccines to the market for the first time. Joining us for this episode are Fierce Pharma's Eric Saganowski and Kevin Dunlevy, both instrumental in creating the Drug Approvals Report. They'll be breaking down the numbers and sharing key insights into the landscape of drug approvals in 2023. Here they are.
1: Hey Eric, good to be with you. We had a big year for approvals last year. We're up to 54 now in mid-December, and this comes after we had only 37 approvals in 2022. And I think maybe we could chalk that up to COVID inspection delays. It might have pushed some some other approvals into 2023 and and really maybe added to the number of approvals we would have had this year. So I think that's, you know, that's probably likely that why we've got a big discrepancy here. explain some of it. And Pfizer was the big winner. They had seven approvals, more than twice as many as any other company. And it really comes in a year where Pfizer has really struggled.
2: Yeah, Kevin, good to be with you. Pfizer could certainly use these new approvals. The companies notably struggled in 2023. Their share price was almost halved, and it dropped below pre-pandemic levels. A big reason for those struggles, as listeners and readers know, is that the demand for Pfizer's COVID-19 products fell off a cliff, and the company had to, late in the year, issue some revenue guidance and profit guidance that disappointed investors. The company also suffered a pipeline setback for its weight loss candidate. That's another field where we've seen so many headlines over the last year with Eli Lilly and Nova Nordisk notably taking home most of the acclaim there.
1: It's like with these new approvals and then the acquisition of Siegen, maybe it brings them into a new chapter here. Seagen, a big developer of ADC drugs, and that's the hot cancer treatment right now. So seven is a lot of approvals. Last time we had a company that even approached that was 2019 with Novartis. They had six that year. Two of the drugs that Pfizer got approvals for this year were from acquisitions that they made thanks to all this money they made during the during COVID with their sales of the vaccine and, and the antiviral. One of the deals was with Arena for $6.7 billion, and that brought Pfizer an ultra, ulcerative colitis drug, uh, which was approved. The other drug that they got approved that was from another company is called Zavspret, which was approved as a nasal spray for migraines. They acquired that from Biohaven in an $11.6 billion deal back in 2022. And also in that deal, Pfizer got the better-known uh, drug NERTEC, which is set to be a blockbuster this year. And it's also worth noting that the wide variety of drugs that Pfizer got approved with you know, seven overall, and we've just mentioned two of them. What were, what were some of the other ones, Eric?
2: Yeah, these are launches we're going to be following in 2024 and beyond. There was L-Rexvio for multiple myeloma, Genla for growth hormone deficiency, Litfulo for alopecia. Abrisvo, their RSV vaccine, and the COVID antiviral Paxlovid gained its full FDA approval in 2023. So as we're yep. going down the new drug approval list, what else st- stood out to you besides the Pfizer approvals?
1: The first one of the year was huge. That was uh, Biogen and, and size approval for Lakembi, for Alzheimer's disease. And it sounds like this one has a much better chance of launching and being successful than, than their previous disastrous Uh, attempt at launching Adjuhelm.
2: That was quite the story to cover. Adjuhelm was Lakembi produced better trial results. It had more support from an FDA advisory committee meeting, you know, panelists on an FDA advisory committee. It has a better path to coverage from the Center for Medicare and Medicaid. And it overall seems much better positioned to make the kind of impact that the companies were hoping to make. On the flip side in Alzheimer's, Eli Lilly suffered an FDA rejection for its highly anticipated prospect, Danimab. But that approval prospects look good for that one in 2024. And then late in the year, I think we had big news again. December
1: 8th, we got two gene therapies for sickle cell disease approved. They made big news. Bluebird got theirs for LovoCell. And probably a bigger one overshadowing Bluebird was Vertex and CRISPR, Exacel. And I think there's more significance attached to this one just because it's the first medicine to be developed with the CRISPR gene editing system. And that's big because there's so many more drugs that might be, that might be discovered now for, for things that have not been cured yet. So a lot of potential there, a lot of excitement. As always with gene
2: therapies, price was a big issue that jumped out immediately after these approvals. Bluebird's price tag was 3.1 million per treatment and Vertex and Crispr's was 2.2, so that's a $900,000 discrepancy. This jumped out quickly but you know, raising some concerns, but Bluebird was able to ease those because it struck a large access deal with a pair that covers around 100 million lives in the United States. So, you know, with the pricing jumping off the page like that, they were still able to convince a payer to get on board. So that, that eased a lot of concerns out of the gate. Um, elsewhere in the gene therapy field, we had some other approvals. We had Roctavian from BioMarin. This is a hemophilia A gene therapy that costs $2.9 million before any rebates and discounts. And Elevitus from Sarepta is their latest Duchenne treatment for $3.2 million. Another thing that made big news during the year,
1: Eric, was the approvals of RSV vaccines. You know, we waited decades for this to happen, and and it finally came to fruition this year. GSK was the first with the RexV, and that was a vaccine for seniors. It came along in May. And then a few weeks later, Pfizer got theirs, their approval with the Brezbo, and that was for seniors. And then later on, I think it was three months later, it was approved for women in pregnancy in weeks 32 to 36 to protect their babies. And then lastly, Sanofi and AstraZeneca came through with Bayfortis for infants. And these are big. By 2028, each is expected to have sales of between 1.3 and 1.7 billion, but the rollout did not go well this fall. What's going on with that, Eric?
2: Well, for Bayfortis, the antibody from Sanofi and AstraZeneca, it almost immediately ran into supply issues, you know, a shortage. Mm -hmm. So this this kind of overshadowed the launch because congressional lawmakers and others were constantly talking about why aren't there enough doses of this? The companies are working to resolve it. AstraZeneca is in charge of production for this drug. So, you know, you have to count on them to improve supply. But early in the launch, there were some serious hiccups. We move on to cancer drugs. There were there have been 15 approved
1: this year, and things that stick out to me about the cancer approvals were by specifics. There were four of them that were approved rapid-fire from May to August. Two of them were for multiple myeloma. l rex of uh, Pfizer was approved, and Talvi of J&J. And Talvi has a uh, peak sales expectation of $5 billion. and then there were two... Specifics for B cell lymphomas that were approved as well. Columvi of Roach and Epkinley, ABV, and GenMabs drug. And that has peak sales potential of 2.75 billion.
2: Yeah. So we're seeing with these gene therapies, bispecifics, RSV, we're really seeing pharma turn the page from COVID. Elsewhere in cancer, we had Orsurdu from Menarini. This has a $3 billion peak sales potential. And AstraZeneca's TrueCap. Which won a more limited approval than expected. So its peak sales expectation is around one point three billion. But yeah, Mm -hmm. overall we're just seeing a lot of a lot of new launches for companies and you know their efforts are getting past the pandemic. Anything else stand out to you?
1: Yeah, we had going back to companies, we had three companies that had three approvals each, and I think the big surprise was UCB of Belgium. They had two drugs for myasthenia gravis, which is an autoimmune neurological disease. Their first drug was Ristigo, which got approved. And then after that, they got Zilbrisk. And these are drugs that have different mechanisms of action. And they acquired Zilbrisk in a $2.5 billion deal for raw pharmaceuticals. You know, Just the synergy there between selling two drugs with, in the same indication is what they were going with there, I think, in that 2019 buy. But their biggest approval is for BIMZelix. It's for plaque psoriasis and likely other indications later. And they've got peak sales potential of $4.3 billion. And then we had two other drug makers with uh, three approvals. What were those, Eric?
2: It was Biogen. They got three approvals in 2023. We mentioned the first was Lakembi, the Alzheimer's disease that's partnered with Izai they had zerzuve for postpartum depression this is partnered with sage therapeutics the companies were looking for a larger approval in major depressive disorder but the fda turned them down on that pursuit so the commercial potential for zerzuve will be much limited much more limited than the companies had hoped for and then biogen also had calcity for als the other company with three approvals last year was GSK. They had o- Ojara for myelofibrosis, Jezduvrak for kidney disease, and their RSV vaccine that we mentioned is ArexV. And last thing, we don't want to forget about Astellas. They had two drugs approved
1: with major blockbuster potential. One is IZervay, and that's for an eye condition, geographic atrophy. That was acquired in a $5.9 billion buyout of Iveric Bio and with that they'll take on Apellis which is actually having trouble with their their drug which was approved early in 2023 but it got flagged for severe side effects and the other approval for Estelis last year was Vioza and this is a breakthrough treatment for hot flashes and night sweats
2: you got anything else eric you want to add it was like you mentioned at the top it was a really large batch of drug approvals and there's a lot of interesting storylines so people should check out the report thanks for being with us eric Thank you.
0: That's it for The Top Line. I'm Ayla Ellison. You can find out more about this topic in our show notes at fiercepharma.com. Look for podcasts. And that's the bottom line from The Top Line.